From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty and Perenni Podcast. Another episode of the Frosty and Perenni Podcast, Week 7, the Intern Takeover Edition. I'm your underpaid intern number two, Vince Gorgonzola, and I am accompanied by our other underpaid intern, Dave Peshton. Dave, we're finally doing it, buddy. We're taking over the podcast, and nobody can stop us. I am so excited, but a little bit suspicious at the same time. You know, part of me really thinks that... The reason we're doing this is our bosses wanted to take a vacation and and take a week off. So while I appreciate the opportunity and I'm very excited to be here, I I can't help but think this is just an excuse for the for the elite status guys of the company to push off more work on the interns. You know, I couldn't be in more agreement with you, Dave. I mean, you know, last week was the shortest recorded episode that they, we've had so far on the podcast. Um, and it just seems like Tony and Derek are just checking out now and they're uh, they're on their yacht trying to just uh, they're making all their money already. They, they don't they don't need us uh, really to to keep pushing the show. But you know what? We're going to try to make sure the audience gets what they deserve. And that's a solid podcast. Absolutely. And uh, I think. Another thing that's uh, a little bit surprising is we got the 49th episode of the podcast when, you know, next week, that's a huge milestone, episode 50. I'd like to think Derek had some foresight and figured if we're going to do this, let's squeeze them in so they can have all the glory on episode number 50. I can believe that. So we're the filler. We're the right. (laughs) I get it. You know, I, I'm fine with being the filler, especially for our first time being thrown out there, kind of being thrown out to the wolves. You know, uh, honestly, I, I will say that I thought I was going to do a lot more prep for this episode. Um, I did it maybe 10 minutes before. But I mean, Dave, you're looking at my spreadsheet right now that I've got all my live notes here. This is uh, this is quite the quite the documented uh, process, I think. And I strongly believe there are more notes here than any notes for any episode of season two of the podcast. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't have the encyclopedia knowledge like Tony does on the game of football. So, yeah, he doesn't really need the notes. But, uh, you know, on the intern side of things, we need all the help we can get. Couldn't agree with you more. You know, we're going to do our best to maintain the high quality performance that is predicated our position here by our fantastic hosts of the podcast but i mean we're definitely not on the same playing field of football knowledge uh so i know tony you will have a fact checker going on that will probably result in some trump-like truth results um which you know which funny to i didn't even realize that this was actually going to happen but you've got the presidential the final presidential debate going on simultaneously as we are recording this podcast so um here on thursday night and i don't know which one you'd rather be listening to um if this was a live podcast 
podcast, but I'm sure that you're going to get just as much bullshit in either one of the in either one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah. And spoiler alert, uh, Tony's already uh, delegated his fact checking to me. So we're probably going to come out looking pretty, pretty, pretty good here, you know, uh, and, you know, take that with a grain of salt as we uh, get ready to launch into our super cold open. That's right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. And I, you know what? I think uh, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to, to find out what the results of that truth factor is going to be. And uh, we'll just we'll just see. All right. And here we are on to our super cold open presented by Modine three Modine's three. I don't even know what that means, but uh, it's Letter Kenny's official home of Puppers Lager. So, uh, you know, it's a, a great plug for <laughs> our sponsors. So thank you. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm not from the area, so I can't say that I know exactly where that is, but get yourself a pup, that's for sure. Um, I don't want any more pups. I'm not going to be making a purchase anytime soon, but if you do, make sure you go to Modine 3. So on to our first uh, game of week six. We're doing a re- week six recap here. And and by the way, yep. uh, we've as as underpaid interns, we document everything. So we have uh, Tony and Derek's picks from last week. And we're going to show, who, you know, who is actually the more accurate uh, picker here. So um, starting with. Uh, Mike Engine Throne uh, and his Bonnie McMurray versus Dave Peshin, our intern number one here, a little Sebastian's. Uh, and, and just so you know that uh, Tony picked Dave to win and Derek picked Mike to win. So the split decision there. Um, and, you know, Michael Engine Throne and Bonnie McMurray coming in at a whopping 104.1 versus uh, Dave's Little Sebastian's at 86.82. This was not a very high scoring game. I thought that, uh, you know, there was a, a not many bright spots on either roster, both scoring under projection. Um, a couple of a uh, couple of key players, I think, that could have been put into the lineup uh, for for Mike, but didn't seem to matter uh, to Sean Watson really just going off on, you know, 32 points, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, I did find it very interesting that, you know, the reason why Tony ended up picking Dave was he thought Matthew Stafford was going to come back and just tear it up when he was projected for almost 20 points uh, and just just fell flat with only 12 points. And yeah, go ahead, Dave. I'll let you talk to this since this one really hurt you. Yeah, it cuts deep. And, you know, there have been some uh, references to Mike's team being similar to Kevin's of last year where you know, he's kind of uh, gone up against some rough matchups and wasn't able to to get the win but still had a pretty solid team and maybe he'll bounce back and here he is sitting at 500 thanks to the victory over me you know let's let's you know address the elephant in the room here everybody knows my team isn't built with depth I understand that and and what what hurts a bit is when you look at the roster for week six and realize that uh, more than half my bench, essentially half of the team uh, is on bye week. You know, I, I appreciate the pick Tony, but what were you thinking, man? Like this just <laughs> not go in my favor. All of my guys really underperformed Mike Davis, who was really putting up some great numbers the past few weeks uh, since my boy Christian McCaffrey went out, uh, you know, 
He throws up 11 and a half. That, that's, that's not going to cut it for an RB1. Uh, my RB2, we won't mention him by name, puts less than two on the board. And, you know, it's as small of a role as he plays uh, this next player I'm looking at. Uh, it's, it's a household name in the, in the kicker families, you know. Jake Elliott is known as a pretty solid kicker. I'd say one of the more popular ones in the league up there with Dan Bailey, Goskowski, all those guys. And this is just week in and week out. He's getting me either barely any points or, you know, negative one point like he did last week. And it's, you know, I, I just... I gotta. I really gotta find somebody to fill that role. Uh, unfortunately, Philadelphia is playing right now, uh, Thursday night game, and I just realized I probably should have found a kicker prior to the uh, uh, the kickoff. So he'll he'll stay on the team for one more week. I think he's got you know four points so far. We'll see if he's able to uh, win his spot back. But as far as I'm concerned, he's off the roster. Uh, regardless, good win, Mike. Yeah, well-deserved. It was a tough week for me. I'm hoping to bounce back and, and get closer to 500 like he is. Well, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you might want to hold on to Jake Elliott right now. Carson Wentz is throwing to a, just a couple of couches in the end zone. Uh, I think Deshaun <laughs> Jackson is back this week, but who you never know. It might be uh, uh, Jake Elliott on the field is in, in the slot just for a, a trick play. So he may be uh, up for a touchdown or two. You just I would just hold on a little bit. But, uh, you know, in reality, though, you have Chris Carson, who's on your bench and uh, for a bye week. Yeah, and that one. That's a tough one. He's been really putting up a lot of numbers for you. And then Jared Cook, obviously, being, and Drew Brees being on the bench. Yeah, that's this is a tough game to win. Um, and and I think uh, I think you're going to still see uh, a bounce back from Dave here. I don't I don't think this is going to be the the downturn of his season. This is just a real tough week. He has to get through and has to tough uh, face you know a t- the tough rookie and uh, Mike Engine thrown on this uh, on this week six. Okay, moving on to our next game. Uh, now, this one, not going to lie. I uh, don't think anybody really expected much. Sorry, Ty. Uh, uh, Save by LaBelle, Ty Kerr, uh, moving to 0-6 from this loss versus Tony's Pretoria FC. Uh, a whopping 121-94 to 86-54. So not one of Ty's worst weeks, honestly. Um, just couldn't <laughs> just couldn't do it, you know. And, and honestly, uh, so Derek, for sure, pick Tony and Tony doesn't normally pick his games but at the end of his uh, his commentary he pretty much just said yeah there's no chance I lose if I lose you might as well just start to kick me into the toilet bowl so um, really coming out of this one with you know Lamar Jackson putting up another 28 points that that trade that he made with uh, with Steve in the beginning of the season really is just paying off for him and uh, I think um, you know he even even when we were watching the game uh, together the Browns game we were looking at his scores and it didn't start out really well i mean even calvin ridley wasn't really on fire but he still puts up 19 points uh Devontae adams doesn't have uh the game that he was projected to have but um you know in total i think tony still didn't play as well as he thought but then once again he's got alvin kamar on the bench and tyler Watkins on the bench on on by so um not much you can do there uh when you've got some uh some of your key players uh on, on by and uh and for for Ty, I mean, it's really there's I don't I don't see a lot of bright spots here except for one thing. You got Gronk 
and you don't play him finally, and you play Leonard Fournette, he gets you zero points again, uh, and, and Gronk comes out and blows up with Tom Brady at 19 points. You gotta think, when does he actually pull that trigger and put Gronk into the lineup? Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, the clip of him. He does sound like he's a little uh, rattled. Um, you know, there was some uh, there was a meme out there saying, "Kids, this is why you need to wear your helmet." Um, but I mean, I think really Gronk, he's still back. He's 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 just a beast, and you gotta start playing him. This is the time he's turned it around against uh, Green Bay and. Tom Brady and, and Gronk, they ha- they're going to have that connection. Yeah, it was definitely a, a big game for Gronk. I think everybody was expecting this sooner and a little bit earlier in the season. I, I don't know if I'm uh, in the same camp as you. I, I I don't blame Vince for keeping him out. I, I think it's it's definitely still questionable with how that offense is moving. Well, hold on. You mean Ty? Don't, don't, don't confuse me with Ty. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so as I was saying, Vince, uh, uh, I, I, I think Gronk, uh, you know, I think it's tough to put him in the starting lineup. I think week one, I probably would have, but by week three, I, I think he's, he's riding the bench for a little while. Uh, but it's still it's nice to see his athleticism. Obviously, he's a freak and he's going to put up big numbers eventually. It just kind of comes down to whether or not he can do it consistently week in and week out. Um, but, you know, it, it's at least a little bit of a silver lining in the dark cloud uh, over top of Ty's team. Another thing that you know, I'm, I'm not too sure if it's going to help or hurt him, uh, I definitely think it's going to hurt Tony is the acquisition of Kansas City getting that levy on Bell. Uh, it's still up in the air on how he's going to perform and and what he's going to do. Is he the levy on Bell of of, you know, yesteryear? And, and can he maintain that elite running back status he once had in the league? I, I, I'm not sure. I think that's another risky play. But uh, Tony's definitely been riding uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire pretty hard, who puts up you know nearly 21 points last week. And uh, you've got to expect that to go down uh, at least a little bit. I think if he's still throwing, you know, 12 to 15 points up per week, you keep him in, you ride that out. But uh, you'd have to think that the... Uh, the share of carrying the football is going to shift a little bit more. Uh, and they've already got, you know, a handful of running backs there that are, that are taking the rock. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes for both of those players in Kansas city, but it also be interesting to see how it impacts either of these teams in the league moving forward and, and how, uh, how it affects Tony's uh, dominance that he's been having. Although he's at four and two, he's definitely been in the running and been a competitor every week. And, and his name gets brought up a lot in the podcast, not just the intro, but obviously his, his team success has been, uh, has been brought up quite a bit. You couldn't agree with you more there. And and really, this Le'Veon Bell story is 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 getting more and more interesting. I think um, when we we found out that, you know, he gets released from the Jets and you're not sure what's going to happen and who is going to really impact. Um, and, and you're kind of kind of thinking there for uh, um, for 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 really where where does where does he go? And he ends up in Kansas City, one of the most 
just potent offenses. And we know what Le'Veon Bell was able to do with a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger behind center. So you've got to imagine that there's definitely an uplift there. And and for sure, right. Tony's got to be a little afraid. But I mean, when it comes down to it, <laughs> I think a Le'Veon Bell even getting in there and, and getting half the workload is better than a Leonard Fournette that is out for two weeks in a row that Ty didn't take him out. I mean, you got to set your lineup, man. Uh, it's hard to argue with that one. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think that this is uh, I, I know Ty, he did pretty well on the on the uh, on the ACT test last year. Do you think that he's just really tanking and hoping that he just ends up, you know, being able to take the test again to get a better score and prove us all wrong that he's actually you want even my smoked? honest answer? I do you want my I honest do. answer. No. I, I, <laughs> <That's it>. <laughs> <laughs> I think if. That's his honest strategy, which again, I don't think it is. But if 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 it was for some reason, he came in thinking, "I'm gonna take the ACT again. I want to beat that 29 I got." Then he's got to see a doctor because that's just like it. I I can't wrap my head around that. It just seems because I don't want to take it once, let alone twice. I mean, it's just that would be. Uh, that that would be crazier than his lack of attention towards his team this year. We just got it. We just got to hope that he sets his lineup for for week seven. But moving on to we can't we can't harp on Ty all, all day, uh, even though it's a lot of fun. Uh, moving on to our next game. And this one uh, this one hurts me, obviously. But um, it's the the game that was uh, for, you know, really had a lot of predication on uh, or a lot of a lot of uh, focus in, in, in the in the last week's podcast, just talking about who's uh, who's going to take first in the B team division. And uh, you've got Charlie. Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge coming in at 145.62 versus my team Scott's Tots coming in at 128 26.8. So, you know, I mean, I I think uh, I had a pretty fair outing, um, and I and I I didn't uh, I, I basically I, I I just achieved my overachieved my projection by about two points, um, and and Charlie's team really uh, really shining. I think uh, one of the things that um, you know that that was interesting versus you know Tony's versus Derek's pick. So Tony ended up picking me. He thought that um, Patrick Mahomes was going to outplay Kyler Murray, and he couldn't have been more wrong. I think uh, Patrick. Mahomes had a pretty decent game, got me 21 points. It's a, you know, kind of pedestrian for him. Kyler Murray comes out and gets 29 points. What a, what a showing. And he just kind of plays to the fact that uh, Dallas is really hurting, especially with, uh, with Andy Dalton uh, taking over that gruesome uh, in- injury that Dak Prescott had to, you know, suffer. And, um, and, and then you look at what, uh, what Charlie, uh, what, uh, what Derek said, he took, he took Charlie uh, to win this one, but he said, you know, OBJ was potentially uh, going to be out uh, with the sickness. Um, and in, no, he ended up playing, but you might as well have just sat him down for COVID because he got me only four and a half points. And I think he got targeted, what, four times and had two receptions. And, you know, he ends up uh, with like eight minutes left in the game and just, uh, you know, throws his helmet down, punches a water cooler. It, uh, it takes his cleats off, is walking around in his socks, and uh, and that that earring still dangling from his ear. Uh, what, what, what was a bad sight, but I mean, overall, uh, this was just a really strong performance by by Charlie, and even he even had DeAndre Swift on his bench getting 27 points. I mean, he had a a lot of firepower this week. I don't think there was any way I was going to be able to beat him. And um, hats hats off to you. Yeah, you know, I, I guess 
obviously a, a very dominant win by Charlie here as I try to distract my dog from chewing this lamp cord. Auto, <laughs> knock it off, man. Um, but, you know, I, I guess to kind of touch on it a little bit more, you mentioned that Browns game. Uh, a lot of us here uh, in the league and fans of the podcast, employees of the podcast, are uh, in the Cleveland area, most of us pretty passionate Cleveland fans. We're not used to winning much, so this season's been great so far, even if the coronavirus shut down the rest of the league. I'd be happy with the Browns' results so far. Otto, will you knock it off, man? That's my work stuff. And so... I think that game that game was tough to watch as a Cleveland fan. I think it just shows the the rivalry that Cleveland and Pittsburgh has. It's always intense. You guys know that from last year. Uh, obviously, Miles Garrett and uh, and what was it, Kyle Rudolph had a little bit of a scuffle there on the field. Still think Steelers started it, but hey, that's just me. Uh, and you know, I I think that it it was. It was tough to watch a rivalry game like that with both teams having so much momentum coming in and man, we laid an egg. It was, it was rough and it hurt not only you Vince with the OBJ performance, obviously he did not put up the numbers we had hoped or expected even outside of fantasy, but you look across the board at Kareem Hunt that Charlie started and you know, pretty, pretty good call in my opinion. I think you would expect with Chubb uh, on IR that Kareem Hunt, obviously getting the ball a lot more, put up good numbers the week before. You'd think he'd he'd stand his ground, but man, that defensive line from Pittsburgh was brutal, and they've got a they've got a big matchup coming up this week in Week Seven. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but. Uh, yeah, I guess just a comment on specifically the Cleveland outcome. It was it was not pretty, but uh, yeah, Charlie's looking strong. He definitely had a little bit of a slow start this season, um, kind of uh, opposite of your start last year. But he's he's coming back and he's putting up big big numbers, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty competitive down the stretch. I couldn't agree with you more. His running backs are really paying off uh, when he took a took a risk on them. And he even had Mike Thomas, uh, you know, sitting on the bench uh, this this week. So um, very impressive performance from him. And it looks like he's going to keep rolling. Um, and, you know, moving on to our next game, actually, um, it's just interesting. You talk about that Browns performance because this it had a pretty big impact in this game. And I remember, you know, Tony came over, watched the game with me and um, and he had to drive home and he just got off this high of looking at a house that he is potentially thinking about buying and everything and uh, uh spoiler alert that you know he's looking um and uh he's got to he's got to get a new house to fit that gigantic tv in that he won from uh from the holy house uh, last year so um but anyway so you know uh, watching this game and in, in within the first couple of plays it was just really it, it was really starting to wear down on you and then first come you know out of the first drive out of the out of halftime i as soon as we just really effed it up it was like okay what we do now i wanted to watch a different game at that point but uh you know unfortunately couldn't uh thanks to local tv i guess i gotta invest in uh the nfl whatever that is that thousand dollars a year whatever i don't know how much it is but it's it's ridiculous but anyway moving red on to zone. our next game the zone yeah that red zone it's uh there's even another one you can watch whatever game you want i don't know which one that is 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so the Browns uh, game impact on this next game, actually, um, the uh, Steve Groover's threat level midnight uh, versus Kevin Hulix jump the chark, uh, you know, and and Kevin taking this one hit the Steelers defense, putting up 19 points for him. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, they're projected for six and that that really helped them out. I mean, he won uh, by a pretty slim margin, 141 to 126. So it wasn't like uh, Steve didn't have a chance there. He actually scored at projection. But. Um, you just take the Steelers defense and that that pretty much does uh, the difference there. But of course, he had, uh, you know, Kevin with uh, Derrick Henry just steamrolling over people and getting 40 points. Um, but it, and I thought it was quite interesting. So Tony picked Kevin to win uh, and Derek picked Steve to win. And Steve, um, you're on record for saying that Fitzpatrick was going to go for 38 points. And you th- said that you were going to forget it by this week. You gave the ball to us to start to take over this podcast. And I'm not going to let you forget this one. So Fitz magic only goes for 16 points and, uh, and, and out of a projection of 19. So even ESPN was projecting him to beat Jared Goff in, 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 in points here, which he ended up doing, which was pretty interesting. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, no 38 points. And obviously Steve does not get the win. And, Steve goes to one and five in the B division. I think this is a pretty big uh, impactful moment. I mean, are we starting to see a team that's going to go head to head with Ty Kerr in the toilet bowl? We never talk about Steve being in this kind of position at this point in the season. Yeah, I don't think, you know, we talk about it too much because, you know, Ty put up sub 90 and Steve put up 126. Uh but I do love this character arc that Steve's going through, man, how the mighty have fallen. It's 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 very interesting as a viewer, you know, and I, I think it'll be interesting to see how how he does moving forward. Um, you know, obviously, Steve and I, we've got a big co- game coming up this week that, you know, I really hope I win. But Steve still is a very strong opponent, and I don't think this is going to be, you know, the, the end of his season. If anything, we learned last year that because of the size of our league and the number of spots that make it into the playoffs that, you know, six, seven weeks in, there's still a chance for you to turn it around, go on a little bit of a run and barely make it into the playoffs. If you're a bubble team week eight, week nine, you got a shot at it. And really, I mean, Kevin now being at three and three seems like a pretty strong record, but you know, he's still in the bubble. There could be a a two game spread where Steve makes a comeback and and he could be uh, making his way into the playoffs. But I would like to see Steve take the ACT. He's the one guy out of us that, you know, is still technically a college student. And, uh, you know, he might be able to beat that 29 that Ty put up last year. Um, although I'd be surprised if anybody in the league beat a 29, but who knows? Who knows? I, I think Steve's got some, uh, some good players on his team. Obviously I was given a lot of flack in the previous weeks for the trade that I made with Steve giving him Julio Jones and it finally paid off for him. So it's, it's, I really wanted to stick it to Derek and Tony and Tim and everybody that, you know, was just throwing stones at me because I, I thought, I, I honestly thought Julio Jones was going to be on the downturn and 
He's going to have a tough time bouncing back. But when you put up nearly 34 points, man, it seems like Steve got the best of me on that trade there. So that one's a tough pill to swallow. Um, obviously, Kevin, being the winner here, had some great performers. Um, that Steelers defense sticks out clearly. Chase Claypool. Uh, another Pittsburgh player and I'm realizing now Kevin's stacked with Pittsburgh players. And even as a guy from Youngstown, you know, he's the one guy in the group. That's a Steelers fan. <sighs> it's unbelievable. But <laughs> all of those Steelers guys. And then you throw Derrick Henry on top of that, who puts up a modest 40 points. It's going to be a tough team to beat. And, and Kevin's definitely starting off a little bit better than he did last year. Uh, and and we'll see if he can carry it through. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know you you can't can't forget that uh, um, for for Steve he's got Saquon Barkley still on IR. I'm not sure of the situation there when when he comes back. Um, you know he ends up having Ryan Tannehill that he doesn't play, which I don't I don't blame him honestly. But he gets 29 points uh, sitting on his bench. So you got to definitely think that. Um, uh, with the with the news that we'll talk about later of Tua taking the starting position in Miami as quarterback, that you, you're going to have uh, Steve putting him in next week, uh, putting Ryan Tannehill in. Um, but, you know, and then you look at uh, Kevin's ro- you know, roster. He had Russell Wilson on by. So that's that's a kind of a wash, I think, if this was a normal right. week. But, you know, Steve, Steve is trying. He's he's got a lot. He's had the injury <laughs> bug. He's had a lot of moves. He's got the most Your moves best. in the league so far. 27 yeah. moves so far in the year. Wow. And, and that's by far the most. I mean, I think the, the next highest is Tim Taftit with 20 moves. So, and everybody else is averaging either around like 10 or 15. Um, so I do think that's pretty in- interesting. Um, and of course, you know, Ty only has two moves um, and you know, that's paying off for him obviously. So, but then again, you, you can't say that it's, that it is if, if you got Steve, who's got tw- the highest amount of moves and he's still one of five. So um, I don't still think it's going to be Steve's year this year, but um, very interesting performance there. Um, but uh, anyway, moving on to the last game here, the sacred heart uh, game of the week of week six. Um, this is your, uh, Tim Taft, leave it to Beasley versus Kalen Kings, Bob's Roethlisberger's uh, the, the, the powerhouse in the league right now. But it's still a pretty uh, a pretty good head, uh, you know, matchup here where Tim's Taft teams at four and two, a really good start to the season, too. But um, this is the interesting one, I think. So both Tony and Derek picked Tim to win. And what a mistake that was. Tim Taft coming in only at 62 points, uh, one of the lowest of the of the season for the for the league uh, versus Kalen's Bob Roth- Roethlisberger's coming in at 144. So, I mean, honestly, I, do, I don't think that. Uh, uh, Tim made some bad decisions this week. I, it just his team did not come to play. Now he did have, end up having a lot of points on the bench, um, and but but then you you've got uh, for for Kalen's team he had the the Seahawks that were on by the 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 Las Vegas Raiders on by uh, the Chargers on by the Saints. So some of it. 
um, were all on the bench on by and he still puts up 144. So uh, Justin Jefferson in my and Minnesota putting up 40 points is pretty scary. And and he only had Aaron Rodgers put up four points. So, I mean, honestly, I think um, this is just just a, a kudos to, to Kalen this year, putting together a really nice roster and and really still cooking here um, and, and, and rolling in, 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 in undefeated territory. I just wonder, does this is this going to be a Steve Groover's uh, kind of le- uh, year for for Kalen where he goes undefeated in the league and really just can shove it down everybody's throats for all the shit we gave him last year? I think he can, uh, you know, you, you look at Kalen's team and with the number of players, he had five players on by, he's got two on IR. And while, you know, a lot of those players that were on by might not have made it into the starting lineup. Uh, it's still, uh, it's a little worrisome to see that his, uh, you know, skeleton crew is throwing up nearly 150, which is a, a a very big performance. You, know, you look at Kalen's team, and, and Tony's still outscoring him so far uh, during the league by you know twenty two points, which you know, isn't isn't a whole lot. But besides that, you know, Vince, you're the next one in line, and you're well, man. Let's see here. If my math is good enough. Uh, a solid eighty points behind Kalen as our. Uh, our third highest scorer so far cumulative in the league. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kalen, as long as he stays modest, I think that he's, he's probably going to have uh, a, a continuation of his dominance in the season. I love the idea of him going into the championship game and just, you know that confidence, that cockiness. He's he's holding back. He wants to let it out. He really does. But he learned his lesson from the curse last year. Now, when he gets to that championship game, he's there. He's ready to go. What what could happen? What curse? He might think. <laughs> Did the true colors come out? Does he say what he's wanted to say all year? Or even worse, do we have to hear about it if he wins the league? Do we have to just hear an amplified version of that confidence and cockiness and that arrogance, which, you know, I don't have a problem with. I I, I think it's entertaining. It's exciting. It, you know, mixes things up a little bit. But oh, you got to think he's just biting his lip and 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 saying, "Kalen, got to keep a level head. Don't talk any trash, or you're gonna get the curse again." There's got to be a point where some of that slips out a little bit, and uh, I don't know. Sooner rather than later, if you're a team like me trying to, you know get a decent season together. So Kalen officially from the frosty and perenny podcast, go ahead, go ahead, man. Taunt all you want. If you got it, flaunt it. But either way, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think there are some holes obviously in his team, but they're, they're small holes. I mean, it's tough to see Zeke throw up 12 points. Obviously there's some challenges in Dallas right now, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays a factor for Zeke. Uh, Aaron Rodgers went up four points. I don't think that's going to be a typical outcome for him, but uh, you know, also speaking of, you know, not too typical, you look over at Tim's scores, for the season so far. And, you know, he's, he's nipping at your heels, Vince. He's five points less scored. 
cumulatively uh, for the season behind you. Tim's putting up big numbers consistently. And, uh, you know, I'm sure as he's watching these scores come in and the tallies, uh, you know, sum up, he's he's not happy with it. But I don't know. I I think you kind of chalk it up as one of those fluke games. It sucks that it happened when you're going up against the juggernaut. That's Bob's Roethlisberger's. Uh, but you know, I, I don't think Tim's going to take this one, uh, too seriously. I don't think he has to start making significant changes to his rosters and making big moves. I think if he holds true to the strategies that he's, you know, been pretty consistent on for the, for the years we've had this league, I, I think it'll pay off for him. And, and he's just kind of got to let this one roll off his back for the time being. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there, uh, Dave. And I mean, really, you know, uh, the one the one spot that you would have thought that uh, that Tim's team would have had a really bright spot was Juju Smith Schuster uh, with that blowout in Cleveland uh, or in, in Pittsburgh, I should say. But um, he only gets three points for him in the week. So that's pretty interesting. But, you know, I will will point out that um, Kalen's team, the three players that he had on the bench, DK Metcalf has been averaging about 20 points a game and he's on by Josh Jacobs is almost been averaging 20 points a game and he's on by Keenan Allen's been averaging like 16 points a game and he's on by. So those are some pretty substantial players. Um, I, I know you mentioned that they, may, they, you know, it didn't seem like he had a lot of in the, in, in the buy spot right this week, but I think that uh, Caitlin for sure could have had it be even better week had uh, he been able to play some of those, those key players. Exactly. Caitlin, if you're listening Look at how stacked your team is. Don't you want to just tell everybody how great your team is? Let it Don't out. Don't you want to let them know? Let that it you out. Force to be reckoned with. We're ready to hear the trash. We've been we've been preparing, uh, and I think it's time six six and zero. Oh, it's is you've already pretty much got yourself a spot in the playoffs and out of the toilet right. bowl. Just go exactly. ahead and let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Dave, I think that was a lot of fun for the super cold open presented by Modine's three letter. Kenny's official home of Pupper's Lager. And I'm going to actually open up my own Pupper's Lager right now. Uh, so we're just going to head to commercial real quick and uh, and we'll be right back, folks. Appreciate it. Are you tired of your boring work from home setting? Do you feel that midday slump on a regular basis? Would your productivity increase if you could spruce up your coffee break once in a while? Well, we've got a solution for you. Cafe Disco. Michael Scott, former owner of the Michael Scott Paper Company, is coming to your home with his awesome sound system and infinite collection of all your favorite hits like Car Wash by Roy's Rice, YMCA by The Village People, and my personal favorite, Vogue by Madonna. Want to surprise your household or even yourself? Simply purchase the discretionary Cafe Disco package. All you have to do is make a copy of your house key and send it in with your prepayment and Michael Scott will do the rest. He'll come over on a random weekday, set up shop in an empty room of your home, and we'll start blasting everybody dance now. And that's your cue to drop whatever you're working on and find that room. You'll be welcome to coffee, pastries, and a rave-like atmosphere. Our DJ, Michael Scott, is always professional and appropriate, so you don't have to worry about any awkward sexual jokes. Schedule your at-home office party now, Cafe Disco, where everyone can have a good time. Unless your name is Toby. Toby. 
So Vince, before we get into uh, the 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 games that are coming up for week seven, I've I've got some questions for you, man. I I need some help on this topic that's going around. It's on all the websites, all the Googles, the ESPNs. Everybody keeps talking about this uh, this quarterback in Miami, this new guy, Tua Tua. This is a tough one. Tua, Don't hurt Tua, yourself. Tua Tagoval. How do you say his last name? So I, I did Google this, and I don't know if this is right. It's definitely not Tagvala. Um, it's Tua Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Who knows? But this is this is the guy from uh, Alabama Roll Tide, uh, and and he was drafted fifth overall um, by the Miami Dolphins. Um, and so, I mean, this quarterback was pretty damn good. Obviously, I think um, I think really the story was that he was uh, he was hurt, right? Um, he had a little bit of, of question coming in. Um, he was he was, I think, one of the most underrated uh, in, the, in the sense that, well, you know, does he does he recover? Does he actually come back and uh, um, um, and, and he, can he actually make an impact? Um, and so he comes under center uh, in week seven here after Fitzmagic not doing a bad start to the season for the Dolphins, but obviously just not getting the job done. Um, you know, looking back at some of uh, Tua's uh, some, some of Tua's stats from 2017, 18 and 19, um, I mean, he led the SEC, I believe. And Tony, uh, this is where your fact checking is going to really come in handy here. Um, but he led the league in percentage uh, completed. Uh, um, and at like 69% for his career in Alabama. So um, first year being at like 64%, second year, 69%, third year, 71%. Uh, and just impressive numbers when it comes to a t- uh, touchdown interception ratio being at um, overall 87 touchdowns compared to 11 uh, interceptions. And his second year, he threw 43 touchdowns. I mean, it's just really... Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I think some really strong numbers from this guy. And um, he's he's not I, I wouldn't say he's the fastest. I think he had a four nine uh, in the combine for his 40, which I mean, you know, considering you're, you're now looking at all the quarterbacks that are coming out of college and actually making an impact like Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, you got Kyler Murray and, and you still have the quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. They, these guys can run um, and he, I, he's not he's not slow by any means, but he's definitely not that um, that super prototype uh, prototype quarterback in college where he's he's sprinting all over the field um but i think he's gonna potentially make an impact and i'm looking at the the, the, the dolphins roster and i don't know though who is he gonna throw to so he's got Devonte parker not bad i mean you know we're not i'm not gonna uh throw shade on him and at running back he's got basically matt breda and jordan howard um and 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 those those are some uh decent running backs but i mean otherwise i'm looking at this roster I don't recognize any of these names from the tight end group. Uh, Gasecki, Sha- Shaheen, and Smythe. And then from the receiving core, Bowden Jr., uh, Isaiah Ford, Grant Sr., Mac Hollins, Preston Williams. I mean, really, I, I, I don't think he's got a lot of, uh, of uh, talent around him. And obviously, when you get picked fifth overall by the Dolphins, uh, Dolphins have been historically bad in these past, uh, uh, I would say, this decade almost. Um, and um, I just I, I think, you know, being with Fitzmagic, he's been able to learn a bit. 
uh, and now it's his time to shine. Um, and so we'll see what happens. But I think it's really interesting because I know of somebody out there um, that has been struggling at the quarterback position since letting go of Lamar Jackson, Steve Groover. I mean, I know Tannenhill performed for you uh, on your bench this past week, but is this, you know, does he drop Fitzmagic and go for Tua? And I, I don't even know if we have a catchphrase for Tua yet, but maybe there's something there. Um, but I, I think it's definitely interesting. This uh, there's you know, The quarterbacks are typically pretty deep, um, but is this the time that you pick them up and just hope for the best? You know, as I like to say, it's too uh, good to be true. And, uh, you know, I, I think the easy answer for Steve there is where well, you, you drop Fitzpatrick. I think that, you know, you free up that roster spot. I'm sure he's going to continue making moves. Obviously, the Dolphins are investing in uh, T. I'm just going to shorten it, you know, because <laughs> two is even a short double version T of his double T real first name. Have you seen that? Uh, oh, yeah. Let me oh, give this yeah. one a shot to uh, to an Igamala Pola nailed it. Um, <laughs> I think not only have we nailed these pronunciations, I think there are a few other ones that Vince did a fantastic job. Uh, during his little uh, uh, explanation. And I do appreciate that because I have been in the dark. I haven't been paying attention to too much football lately. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's just like the, you know, this COVID bug that's going around, this new fad that we're dealing with or or what. But man, I haven't I haven't gotten into it uh, too much this year. So I'm, I'm glad I got that information. Tony, by the way, don't worry about fact checking. I'm already did it. They are correct. Vince nailed it. Uh, very accurate numbers that he represented. So take that off your plate. I got you covered. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting. Obviously, Miami isn't a team that we think of as you know a dominant football team. Honestly, I think most people probably uh, in their head, they go to kind of the Fitzgerald entertainment aspect of it. But unfortunately, uh, you know, that doesn't really help generate a ton of income when your team's not doing too hot. So hopefully uh, double T can turn that around and help uh, produce some more fans in the seats whenever that time hopefully comes. Um, but yeah, it, it is super interesting. I think, you know, if you're going to pick a guy number five overall, you got to expect them to come in at some point. It's kind of similar with, where the Browns were a few years ago with Baker, we uh, we knew he was going to come in. It's just, you know, when's it going to happen? And even though uh, Fitzpatrick is a very likable guy, I think he's a fan favorite uh, by a lot of people just because of his excitement, his passion, his love for the game. And then, you know, you kind of see that emotion bleed through a little bit when he says that, you know, my heart just hurt all day. It was a heartbreaking for me. I mean, like, I want to give the guy a hug at this point. Like, it's it, it's tough, but, you know, that's football. That's business. I don't think he was surprised by it. Hopefully he can stay in the league and maybe bring some hype to another organization. But, uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens moving forward in uh, the Miami Dolphins football team. 
Well, Dave, let me give you a little bit of uh, history on Tua uh, Tago Viola. Viola, I think it's Viola. Um, and and I mean, you know, look at his injury history. So I think you keep Fitz Magic on this team no matter what, just because you you might need him in any given game. So back in November, uh, I mean, this is only a year ago, I, I think, uh, if I, if this if this article is correct. Um, it, Tua had dis, had a dislocated hip and posterior wall fracture. Uh, wow. That's a substantial injury. And, and they've got a whole list of all of the injuries that he's had. So in March of 2018, uh, it was spring practice before his first full season as Alabama's starter. Uh, he hit his uh, his lineman's helmet while throwing a ball, suffered a broken left index finger. Um, it was a quick surgery what? and misses the well, he's kind of this is exactly so there's a whole list. Hold on. October 2018, <laughs> he tweaks his knee uh, and, and it's later revealed that he suffered a knee sprain, but he misses no time. But he's back in the lineup. And then November of 2018, um, he uh, takes a hit to his left quad on the same leg of his knee injury a month prior, sits out the rest of the game. Um, and then in December of 2018, um, against the SEC championship championship. Uh, uh, championship game against Georgia uh, left tackle Jonah Williams accidentally steps on his right ankle and causes an injury. Uh, he sits out the rest of the game and eventually has a tight rope, a tight rope procedure performed on his ankle so he can return for the college football playoff. God knows what a tight rope procedure is, but I'm sure Tony has done one of the one or two of them. Um, October 2019. He suffers another right ankle injury, and this time it's a high ankle sprain um, over a win over Tennessee. Uh, he again opts to undergo a tight rope procedure for a quick recovery, misses one game. And then November, that's when, you know, uh, he suff- suffers that nasty hip injury of 2019. So, um like you said, he's made out of glass. So this this kind of reminds me of like the RG three thing. So you you draft RG three pretty damn high. I can't remember. Did RG three go first? I want to say he went first overall. Uh, I think Andrew Luck did, and then he was second. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Maybe I'm uh, wrong. No, you're 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 right. So, oh, that's right. Trent Richardson and RG three. So RG three went two, and Trent Richardson went number three overall. Remember that? That was a great draft. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, yeah, so RG- yeah. The first two guys, I don't, I don't like RG. I mean, uh, no, actually, RG three is on a. On is he on a, a, he on a somewhere? Roster? Right. Um, oh, I don't know, but he's afraid to get hit, and that's like exactly the thing I was thinking of when you start listing off these injuries. Is it makes me think of a maybe a different type of athlete, but uh, RG three was a quarterback that okay he probably didn't go through the laundry list of injuries in his college career, if any. But when he came to the NFL and he really started getting hit, as soon as he started playing for the Browns, I, I'd say within the first couple series that he had the ball, I kept screaming at the TV, "You're afraid to get hit." can't be afraid to get hit and i i mean i i can't imagine with my limited football expertise that i was the only person that saw that in him um hopefully you know, it's not the same thing with uh tua but it's got to be a concern right i got to be imagine. concerned somebody that injury prone 
I loved the meme that came up uh, when the Browns had signed RG three and they said uh, RG three fractures. I think it I think it was like an either Achilles tear or a torn ACL walking into the Browns facility. It was a great one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and then and then what was it like three games in? He was he he got hurt and um, I don't even know if RG three. You know, like you said, he's is he somewhere? I don't I don't I don't even know. But you have to do think. Uh, you made a break uh, made a great point, Dave. That um, you know Tua has not really he hasn't been on the field since november he's been in practice reps obviously but he hasn't seen real football you know over in about a year and so now he's just going to go right into the nfl as a rookie um and and is he ready to start taking those hits uh, and i just don't know if he is and is that hip going to start to bother him and it, you know how quickly do they pull him out um and and at this point you know he doesn't say that he has a an issue with his hip but um it sounds like it, you know i wouldn't be surprised if 3 weeks from now we're talking about potentially Tua being on the bench and fitz magic coming back out that's a good point i i mean being injury prone isn't something that you typically outgrow uh i i think it's something that you know is either you know kind of part of your genetic makeup or not. Uh, I look at Tony Romo, you know, as a, as a cowboy supporter and, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Tony Romo on the field, in the booth, Corona commercials, you name it. Uh, I, I think that his one of his bigger issues was the fact that he was pretty injury prone. He also was not the most clutch quarterback in the world. I'll admit that, but I think he was still a great quarterback. And, you know, when you crack your uh, your collarbone every other year, it doesn't really bode well. And that's not something that, like, gets better in time. Oh, it doesn't get better in time. I'm watching this video of what a tightrope procedure <laughs> Why'd you do it? Just screwing through a, a leg bone. Oh, it, okay. Basically, they insert a rope with... Oh, oh, the metal okay. plate, the like right button, the right, the, oh. the, the, the truth, the truth IPA is going to come up pretty soon. Dave, make sure you protect your, your headset there. Your dog's ready to clean it up, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where's the auto? Okay. It's a, basically, they put a plate on both sides of some bones or something. I don't know. Derek, you could probably help us out with this eventually. And they throw some thread in there, tie a knot, throw a button on one side and bada boom, bada bing, you got cat's cradle and it's supposed to help stabilize your ankle, leg, you know, what have you. So it, it seems like uh, Sounds like a know, permanent the, exercise. <laughs> right. I mean, for as cavalier as it, as it was stated in that laundry list of injuries, you know, it, it made it seem like it was something that he had done every other week. That that video did not give me the impression that it was a simple operation that you kind of just like, you know, wake up from anesthesia and go, all right, cool. I'm good to go. Give me a football. You know, somebody that's had, you know, metal inserted into his foot permanently. I can't imagine that it, uh, it, it, it's something that you could really bounce back from very quickly. And it sounds like he's had a few of those operations. I mean, how many, how many pieces of floss do you need to tie this guy's leg together? It's just, it, it, it's gotta be concerning for Miami fans. I'm sure the excitement's there too, but you know, and I, I, I obviously wish the guy success. I, I don't want anybody to get hurt, uh, during the football season or, you know, I, I guess during the off season, what have you, but, uh, it's, 
it seems like a, a pretty significant part of his past. And, and again, it's just, you know, those things don't get better with time. As you age, they seem to, you know, they shine a little bit brighter. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see how this one plays out, but uh, uh, maybe he might be um, part of the, the RG three, um, I wouldn't say the infamous, uh, you know, Hall of Infamy, not Hall of Fame. So we'll we'll see, though. And hopefully this pays off for the Dolphins. All right, Dave, I think it's time that we move on to our next topic. And it is the conference call presented by McLaren's Pub. Um, and we're going to talk through week seven and the potential for some, uh, you know, we're getting close to the middle of the year uh, and, and some some really where the the, the, the big winners are going to start to separate from the pack and where we still have a lot of people that are kind of in that midway zone where they can uh, this these couple weeks will really make a break them, get them into the uh, the main playoffs or the, the toilet bowl potentially and uh, and see if uh, Ty and Steve can really pull themselves out and and make a difference this week so um we'll go ahead and start with the first game and um and i'm just going to get this out of the way because i don't want to talk about this um any <laughs> in any bit any, at all and it's me uh scott's tots versus kaylin's uh six and oh bob's roethlisbergers i mean me coming from a three and three and coming off a loss last week um I, I've definitely got some uh, some injury bug, uh, you know, plaguing my roster. And I've got Adam Thielen on bye week. Uh, Melvin Gordon potentially might play, but he's been, uh, you know, he's got he's got a DUI uh, pending, over, you know, just kind of hovering <laughs> over him right now. It's fucking great. And then you've got, uh, you know, Austin Eckler still obviously on IR. So um, definitely not. And, and AJ Brown right now is questionable for me. So I'm not looking like I'm uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm in a very good good spot of course obj last week hopefully he rebounds and has another uh great week like he did last time in cincinnati um and 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 really can can shine this week uh, Kenyon drake had a great week last week finally coming back to that normal self and and i gotta imagine george kittle is gonna um gonna gonna do something for me um i've got boston scott in there right now in the eagles game and whether you're watching the presidential debate tonight or you're watching the eagles game it's probably just about the same uh effect i mean these are two terrible teams right now, but he's got seven points for me. So I don't know, not looking good for me. I'm projected to get 116, and uh, and Kalen right now is projected to get at 138. And uh, the only thing I can see, I mean, he's got his DK Metcalf, Josh Jacobs, and Keenan Allen back into his lineup, which scares me. Keenan Allen's questionable at the moment, but I don't think that that's going to be a big imp- impact. And if not, he could just throw in Brandon Cooks again. So um, while he still has Nick Chubb on IR, obviously, um, I I don't I don't like this matchup. I think I'm going to lose, um, and I think Kalen's going to keep rolling and go to seven and zero undefeated. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, Vince, I'm, I'm so sorry. I wish I could find some sort of excuse to pick you here. But, man, like, you got to think, one, Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to put up four points again. He's going to throw some 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 better balls against Houston and likely get close to that 20-point projection he's got right now. Zeke, he's a question mark. You know, that could kind of go either way for, for Kalen. Um, he's projected at 21, but Zeke is pretty consistent uh i i I think there are you know those are the first two names in order on his team and every other name uh 
Man, you, maybe that Saints defense going up against Carolina, who's had a decent offense, a surprisingly good offense, in my opinion, this year. Maybe the Saints go negative and that could help, you know, spin the margin a little bit for you. But you really got to hope for big things from Mahomes. Uh, uh, OBJ, I agree. I think he's got a good shot at bouncing back against Cincy. Cincy, I think as the year progresses, is becoming a better football team. But I still think that the Browns can uh, do some damage against them. And maybe that's bias. I probably is. Uh, But I, I... I think it's an uphill battle, man. I, I, I've got to go with Kalen on this one. And I want to hear how pumped he is and how much that he thinks, yeah, you better pick me because, of course, I'm going to win. So, Kalen, right <laughs> in. We go through all the fan mail, so we'll see it first. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, just let it out, man. Vent a bit, you know. Yeah, you deserve it. He really does. He really does. And, you know, and I, all I know is that I'm going to be praying every single throw that Patrick Mahomes throws that it does not go to Travis Kelsey. Uh, mm, that's my, that's my only saving grace this week. <laughs> I agree. Uh, not looking good for me. But so you're so you're basically you're 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 taking Kalen. Yeah. Polite way of me telling you you're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Well, you know, let's go to the <laughs> next game and we'll just go straight oh, to you, Dave. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So hey, the next Elliot game. Elliot missed another kick. He missed a field. Son of a yeah, you can't be watching that, man. It, it, you're just going to it, well, I, I, it, it's going to make you depressed. It's going to just. Um, but, but you know what? I. I'm pulling for you, Dave. So here we go. This is the next game. Uh, and this is the Meanderwood melee. Dave Peschens, little Sebastian's versus Steve Groover's threat level midnight. You know, Dave, you're coming in here at two and four and Steve coming up on another loss at one and five right now. You're projected at 112 versus Steve's 125. But I'm going to be honest, Dave. I know we do. We briefly chatted about it. Um, you I haven't really set up your lineup yet. You still have Chris Carson to throw in there. You got Jared Cook to throw back in there. You have Drew Brees. Those are three really key players. Um, and you've got Golden Tate on the bench right now, already with 11 points. Um, and he's only got one catch. <laughs> but um you know, I, I, I do think you've got a couple of players that really uh, can make a big difference for you this week. It's going to bump up your projection. Um, and and with DeAndre Hopkins kind of questionable right now, not sure how bad that injury is. Um, but you've got I, I see three cues uh, next to uh, Steve's team here with Joe Mixon, Julio Jones and Jameson Crowder. And uh, and you've got Miles Sanders. That's also out um, during this game right now. No Saquon Barkley yet. So um, to me, it's. It seems like this is uh, the current projection looked is not an accurate uh, um, look at the game. And I really think you're going to come through and uh, I'm going to kind of ride what Tony was was thinking last week. He's really hot on Matthew Stafford. I think this is his week where he's playing against Atlanta, a terrible team. They have let teams come back over and over again. This is when Matthew Stafford puts up 40 points. I'm saying at this time, you guys can talk about it next week and say, you know, uh, Vince was right and that we should probably start listening to our interns a little bit more. And I say that Dave Passion goes to three and four and beats Steve, you son of a bitch. Two things come to mind when I you know, hear your description 
and I look at this matchup. The Meanderwood Melee, for those of you don't that don't know, is based off the neighborhood that Steve and I grew up in. He is, you know, if I was a good golfer, I I could hit a driver and hit his house from where I'm at. I'm not a good golfer, so I just ride my bike. I could get there pretty quick. Uh, and, you know, I think that I have a decision to make between Drew Brees and Matthew Stafford. I think that's a tough call, and I'm not sure which way I'm leaning at this point. Matthew Stafford is my homeboy, and I, I think that he could have a decent game against Atlanta. Drew Brees has been the starter for every week, except for last week when he was on by course, Matthew Stafford filled that void for me and did. Okay. I mean, respectable, you know, I, I think the other big thing that I think of looking at this matchup is that Steve has not painted the shed yet. And, uh, might have to go back into season one of the, formerly called Frosty Podcast to understand that reference. But Steve, I think the rollers, the brushes, the the paint pan, the painting tape, and the gallon is waiting for you down at the McGlynn's household. I don't know what's taking so long, man. It can't take a year for you to drive up to Ohio and paint that shed. I'm crossing my fingers i can continue this momentum i am not putting a wager of any shed painting whatsoever because you know steve 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 didn't live up live up to his end of the bargain there and uh you know i i really think that he needs to paint that shed and then we can go forward and talk about the next wager that we're going to have on the line I feel pretty good going into this, but at the same time, Steve put up some big points last week and I did not. So hopefully I can bounce back. As Tony would say, this is my get right week. I got to find a new defense to sub in because the Ravens are on by. And I think I can come out on top and, uh, and hopefully get Steve that much closer to a disastrous season and potentially meeting Ty in the toilet bowl. Uh, We'll see how my mood is next week. Maybe I'll put extra effort into the ABCs of the ACTs. But you heard it here on the Frosty Perini podcast that you uh, that you're you're calling Steve out. Steve, you better get your your brushes ready. You better get your paint ready, and you better paint that shed. Um, it's pretty it's pretty strong words here from from Dave. But uh, let's move on to the next game here. This is an interesting one. I think uh, um, the the the. Jump the Chark, Kevin Hulick's team at three and three versus Pretoria FC, Tony Perenni's team at four and two, um, you know, both in the Einstein division. And this one has some implications on uh, who's going to kind of sit at that. I mean, Tony's sitting at number two right now and uh, and Kevin's at number four. He's been making a comeback this season in the last few games. Um, this could potentially you know, get him in a, in a better spot to really get into that number three position. Uh, maybe by the end of the season, get to that number four position and, um, make sure that he stays out of the toilet bowl and has a chance here. But, uh, I, you know, I really, I, I think, uh, right now the live projection says that Tony's going to win 137 to 121. He's, uh, Tony's got Evan Ingram right now in with only five points and still has that high projection. So, um, I think it's quite interesting. Um, you know, Russell Wilson for Kevin comes back from by, um, Derek Henry comes back from that huge 40 point performance, but he does have a lot riding on the Tennessee Pittsburgh game, which is quite interesting. So he's got uh, Kevin's got Hen- 
Derrick Henry, James Conner, Ch- uh, Chase Claypool, the Steelers defense. Um, so if it has any kind of implications of last week's game where it was a 42 to 36 game versus the Texans, um, it's I guess it's possible that you, you have a pretty big uh, um, a pretty big performance out of those three players. But the Steelers defense, I think, is going to suffer from that. Um, and, and, and so I, I don't know. I, I really think that there's just too much writing on one game for for Kevin here to really uh, to pull this out. So um, I'm going to go with uh, with Tony. He gets uh, he get you know, he's got Matt Ryan um, and I know he's got Lamar Jackson on by which is going to definitely hurt him but uh, Matt Ryan put up some big numbers last week and maybe he can pull that performance off again against the this pretty uh, not not too great uh, you know Detroit Lions uh, team he gets Alvin Kamara back and, and I know we talked about uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and the impact of Le'Veon Bell but I, I really think that that's not going to maybe take effect until the, the following week um, and it's going to be Matt Ryan to uh, Calvin Ridley all day and, and Tony's going to I think Tony's going to take this one it, I, I think this matchup is going to be pretty close. I mean, right now projections have uh, roughly a a 10 point spread between the two. I think it's going to end up being even closer than that. And I think just, you know, I I haven't watched really any uh, Pittsburgh games besides last week. So I didn't know really how well they were performing. I was aware of their record for the season so far being undefeated. And this is a huge week going in. I agree with you, Vince. There's a lot riding on this game going up against the undefeated Tennessee Titans. But I think it's going to swing in the opposite way. I, I, I think Pittsburgh's probably going to win that game. Even though they're playing in Tennessee, I think that the home field advantage this year is a little bit different. It's still there, but I don't think it's as significant as it has been in years past. And I, I think that with what I saw, again, I should admit I haven't watched any Tennessee games either. But looking at the performance that the the Steelers defense had, I think they're coming in and, and they're fired up and they're they're really playing lights out. I think the Steelers are going to win that game. And I think as a result that all of these players on uh, Kevin's Kevin's roster are going to have plus projection performances. And he's going to take the win over Tony. And it's going to be a heartbreaker too to see Tony go four and three after starting off the season so strong, but he's going to find himself tied with Kevin and he'll still maintain the advantage just with the uh, points for so far. But I, I think he's gonna, I think he's going to find himself in a little bit of a panic mode as we move for, further into the season. And, and Kevin's going to be feeling a lot more comfortable than he did last year at the same time. Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see how this one goes. Uh, um, and it, it'll definitely uh, have a big impact on, uh, on, the, on the league and, the, and their, their current positions in the league. 
Now, moving on to the next game, um, I think we need to get through this one as quickly as possible, but just because uh, I, I mean, I, I really at this point, I'm looking at it's it's, it's Thursday. It is Thursday. And um, and, and Ty still has two people that I don't even think are going to play. So it is saved by LaBelle, Ty Kerr's uh, zero and six team versus Tim Taff, leave it to Beasley at four and two for the season. And right now, the, the projection is that uh, Tim beats Ty 129 to 94. Um, but Ty has Devonta Parkin, who is on a bye, uh, and he's also got Leonard Fournette. I don't know if Leonard's going to play. Um, I mean, I'm not confident yet. So maybe, maybe Ty knows a little bit of something that we don't. He doesn't have Gronk in after that big performance. He still hasn't put him in. So I got to believe that Ty makes some moves before this, this week actually begins uh, for him. I think he, he's only got uh, one one player right now, Darius Slayton, that's actually in the game, but uh, has zero points. So he actually, you know, he's got a pretty good decision there not putting Slayton in. But I, I just... I, I, I don't know. I, I look at Tim's team. I don't like Tim's roster that much. I don't I mean, just by going off of I know Tim had a very, very uh, precise um, list of players that he was targeting during the draft and everything. And uh, he maybe he did a lot more research than I did. That's for sure. But I, you know, the names, I don't know a lot of the names um, um, in, in regards to the top key players that you're going to want. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's 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 weeks that Cooper Cup can go off or maybe Aaron Jones, but it's all very dependent on situations and um and I, I don't i don't like any of the matchups there but i do think that um that tim has an, an edge but we we here are meant to take some uh, some strong takes i think that ty's gonna put in some some key players gonna take out Devonta parker he's gonna play gronk if he's listening and he's gonna come out with this one and just skate by and come out with a one point victory over Tim Tapp. I think Tim is going to underperform in, in a lot of different categories. He's going to come out. Ty's going to win by one point one oh one to one hundred. That's my projection. Wow. What a precise prediction. I think we were just told to pick a winner. But not only did you go with the spread, you also really narrow down the precise points that each team's going to get. I, you know, I think it's going to be a much closer game than the projections show right now, too. I definitely agree with you there. Uh, Tim has a team that traditionally throughout the season has outdone the projections, and uh, that's something that he has used as a strategy, and I, I think it's worked out very well for him. I do think, however, that he might be a bit over projected going into week seven right now. Uh, he's nearly set to get 130 points. I think it's going to be lower than that. I, I don't think he's going to pull off all of these, uh, these bigger projections, but looking across the board, you know, not only does Ty have some managing to do with, uh, with some, some players that, you know, some definitely aren't going to play some eh, might play, but might not get, uh, too much field time. You know, I also, you know, I see Amari Cooper there projected at 14 and a half points. Uh, I don't know if I can buy into that. I, I mean, they're going up against, against Washington. I, I think that, I, I think that Amari Cooper is, is definitely his stock's going to drop as the year moves forward, obviously with Dak out. Um, and then he's got, 49ers defense going up against New England. Uh, I think 
I think that's going to be a tough one there. And uh, it, it, I, I don't know. Do you put Le'Veon Bell in? I, maybe, maybe, maybe throw Bell in instead of uh, Fournette. Uh, I, think, I think that's probably a tough sell too. Uh, either way, uh, I, I think Tim's going to come out with a victory here. I, I don't think that performance last week is indicative of his uh, team's quality by any means. And I, I think he's going to come back, get back into the win column. Ty is going to remain in the losing column. Um, but I, I still do agree that it's going to be a, a much closer game than the nearly 40 point spread that we're looking at here with projections. Yeah, that's very, uh, I think it's a very bold pick that you've made there. Um, but uh, moving on to the next game here, uh, we got Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge uh, at four and two, and uh, Mike Engine Thrones, Bonnie McMurray at three and three. Um, right now it is a very close match. No, you know, I, I apologize. I was OK. So the, the, here's what happened. So so this is uh, definitely our first time going through this. I was thinking that I'm like, shit, we I think we're missing one of the team, one of the matchups that we were going to go through before the game of the week. And I realize now I'm, I just uh, yeah, that was my that was my issue. I was looking for where was that last game? And it is, of course, <laughs> our sacred heart <laughs> game of the week. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Dave saved me there. Appreciate. They see now. This is why you have two interns because you had to have two eyes on this on every situation. It's right. And I'm thinking about getting my own intern, Vince. I would recommend jumping on this train if I were you. I would. Yeah. And and I and I meant to say two pairs of eyes, not two eyes, because I'm not saying that both. Uh, you know, uh, Dave and I have one glass eye. Um. <laughs> and, Anyway, moving along. You, so, you also said that my pick, picking Tim, was the bold pick. You picked Ty. I don't. I, I, I can't get that out of my head. Why my pick was the bold pick? I'm sorry. Continue. Game of the week. Sacred Heart. Thank you very much. That, that's called sarcasm, there, uh, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a couple of truth pails and you know some beers, whatever. Anyway, so yes, <laughs> the the game, Sacred Heart game of the week. Uh, this is uh, Charlie versus Mike. Now, so I think this is quite interesting. Interesting one. So uh, uh, you, this has really got a lot of implications for the B. Um, uh, what are the B division? The B team. What is the division called again? Yeah, the B team division. Yeah, the B team division. So um, you know, right now I'm sitting at number two, but I'm tied um, uh, on, this, on the standings with uh, with Mike at three and three. And you've got Charlie that just moved into the number one spot at four and two. So. Um, if if Mike pulls this one off, he goes to four and two. And right now, uh, let's see who's got more points. It looks like uh, Mike's Mike's at, sitting there at uh, seven hundred sixty six points while um, while Charlie is at you <laughs> couldn't be more close. Seven sixty six point nine two versus seven sixty six point one four. Point eight advantage for Charlie. It's crazy. So this is actually this really does have Huge. implications of who gets who gets to stay in number one position or who gets to take over number one. Um, assuming that they win by more than point eight points, and assuming that I lose, which I think will happen. So. Um, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Um, so, you know, going through the rosters here, um, 
Tyler Murray for Charlie's team comes off that really, really strong performance. Um, as we mentioned before, his uh, his running back situation um, hasn't been, you know, it, it's been one to be desired of this year. But I mean, Ronald Jones has actually done pretty well. Kareem Hunt uh, being able to take advantage of the fact that Nick Chubb is out. Um, and then you've got, um, you know, uh, Michael Thomas coming back from bye week. Um, and he's got Mike Evans in the lineup. And I, I think there's a number of uh, situations here where um, you know, Charlie's team does have a little bit of, um, of I think, upside versus their proje- versus their projected uh, performance in these players. But um, honestly, I think Mike's team, he's uh, while he's projected to lose at this point, um, I see some pretty big performances potentially out of. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson also having a pretty good game, but um, I'm thinking that Pat Mahomes is going to have a breakout week um, and he's going to be throwing a Tyreek Hill all week, not Travis Kelsey. So I think that Mike's going to really benefit from that. Um, and you know what's a really interesting one that uh, I, I, I'm not sure what impact this will have on this week, but it definitely has a potential impact going forward. Um, Mike picked up Antonio Brown. And I don't know if anybody's uh, familiar with the Antonio Brown story. I know we've been talking about it on the Discord for a while. Uh, Antonio Brown is potentially still serving a suspension. Um, I'm not sure how that how that all works of when he would actually be able to come back and play. But it's looking like the Seahawks might actually pick him up. And you've got Russell Wilson. He's already got a number of weapons. And, and you got to believe that Antonio Brown can fill a, a, a spot on the field that, um, you know, DK Metcalf, you have, you have to throw to, um, you know, and there's a, a number of weapons that they, that they've gotten in Seattle and maybe Antonio Brown can really start to fill in a gap that doesn't, um, um, that, you know, that we don't even know exists at this point and make that offense even more potent. Does that happen by Sunday? I mean, I'm I'm not going to say I'm going to take a hot take and say yes, but um, it's I think it's there's definitely some potential there. And it's very interesting move by our rookie uh, in this league this year. But, um, you know, other than that, I think Mike is challenged with a lot of people on by this week. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Andrews and Alex or Alexander Madison's and, and Miles Gaskin. So um, that that other standout uh, running back from Miami. But I, I think um, regardless of the situation, I think Mike does take the win and he ends up, uh, you know, either tying or getting just just a very small edge and goes into number one in the B team uh, division. So, Tony, don't worry. Cool your jets, my man. Okay, boss. I already did the fact checking here, although Vince is taking an extremely hot take on this. I don't think this one was based in sarcasm. I'll clue you in a bit. AB can't play. He can get picked up by a team, but he can't play until after week eight, says the uh, news megaplex that we have here in the studio. Verifying it. Yep. Thank you, intern number three. That is correct. Week eight. Uh, would be the last week of his suspension and he'd be eligible week nine. Um, I, I do think Antonio Brown likely wears a jersey this year. I don't know Antonio Brown catches a football this year. I do like to pick up. I get it. And Tony even recommended this to me earlier in the season. And I just, you know, uh, AB has broken my heart in the past and I still have a, a bad taste in the mouth. I'm, I, I'm not 
willing to forgive and forget quite yet. But I respect Mike for scooping him up. I think he definitely has a, a very boomer bust potential moving forward in the league and could be uh, a great, uh, you know, addition to his team as one of those bubble teams. And, and just as significant as this game is moving forward, you know, Mike might be in a similar situation, you know, three weeks from now where he needs a star player to help pull him up into the playoffs. Uh, you know, I th- both of these teams are doing very well this year. Uh, obviously, Charlie is not a rookie to fantasy football. Uh, he is uh, in his second year with our league. And I, I think those of us that have met him know that this guy is, you know, he's like Tony. He just knows stuff about players you've never heard of. Like, no, I didn't realize the stepmother of that defensive lineman for a Mac college team won the lottery. Okay, so he's going to get new cleats. That's insane. How do you know? How do you know that stuff? Like this, it's just like these guys have the ability to retain so much football knowledge, and I don't even know how to say Tawa. So it's just, it, I mean, it boggles my mind. I think Charlie. I, I think based off of his matchup analysis ability, his comfort in the league. I, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think Mike's doing pretty well as a, as a first year rookie coming into the league. He's proven his worth. He's a great addition to the league, but I, I think he's still figuring some things out. I think there's a little bit of a learning curve your first year. Not everybody can come in and win at their and, and win at their first year in the league events. I think that, you know, I think, I think even while you did very well last year, there was very much a learning process throughout the season, things that you were becoming a little bit more aware of different strategies and definitely the drafting strategies that are probably, you know, they play a, a pretty big factor, maybe for our league specifically, who knows? But, uh, I think I think Mike's doing well. He's he's still figuring some things out, but I think Charlie's just got, you know, he's he's got some extra, you know, knowledge and skill that, you know, not many people that I know of besides you know him and Tony are are really like encyclopedias like that that are just rattling off information. And I think he takes his analysis to another level, and that barely gives him an edge. Now their projections are pretty close i'm looking at 124.9 to charlie 124.3 to mike and man i'm gonna say here's here's a hot take for you vince i'm gonna say they both they both hit those projections to the decimal point and charlie wins by 0.6 points pretty impressive of uh, of a hot take and i, and I think that uh, <laughs> your ass it is you know what's interesting is that my espn uh says i'm looking at like just the matchup and it's a, it's it's technically a live matchup because i that's how i went into it um but no none of the players are actually playing and it already bumped charlie up three points so i think that's quite uh, I interesting will, i will say that some of the, like the projections and information just in like previous games during the conference call that we looked at some of your number numbers were a little bit different than mine you know the interwebs are a magical thing maybe some information gets to you faster than it gets to me 
maybe the FCC is slowing down the internet. I would put more stock in that than anything else because Armstrong internet is the worst ISP and you're just going to send me into a, a tangent. I'm, I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. I'll open up the spreadsheet of, of speed tests that I've done over the last six months. And, you know, so Armstrong right. Internet, not sorry. one of our sponsors, by the way. Um, yeah, you bet your ass or not. <laughs> you know, here, here's an interesting one. Uh, I, I, I'm looking. You're, you're mentioning Charlie's uh, knowledge in, in it, kind of, you know, that uh, um, otherworldly kind of like Tony, where they just yeah. know mm-hmm. a lot of people and players. So, um, have you ever heard of Charlie's kicker? And let me ask you, how do you pronounce it? Because I was told that I pronounced it incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure everybody does this the first round of looking at this name yeah no without a doubt 100 percent. i actually grew up with this guy it's young ho ku everyone yeah. knows that <laughs> yeah yeah I've never, young ho. I've never i've never heard of him before no and it, well, i think young ho uh actually got like 20 what was it like 20 points last week i think uh uh right. fucking 20 points and gander I think Young Ho might be one of the best kickers in the league at this point. Uh, 20 points, 30 points, 17 points. So how the hell did Charlie know of Young Ho? Rank number three. Position rank number three. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And uh, and and that that'll wrap up. I, 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 so so Dave, you're you're taking you're taking Charlie on this one then. Yeah. I am. I am. And by by a thread, thread threading the needle on points, so it's pretty it's pretty incredible there. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean I, I think it's a this is a great week for uh, for football in general, and uh, and a great week for for fantasy. So um, I don't there's not many uh, I haven't heard of one COVID situation yet in terms of games. So hopefully we get to play these all out. And um, to Tony's point last week that week seven is actually week seven for everybody. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, we'll we'll just uh, we'll have some fun football to to watch, and it's better than the the final presidential debate, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna go watch the highlights. See how uh, how that train wreck did. I heard they've got the mute buttons. So uh, wait, 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 know. wait. So they have mute buttons now. Well, yeah, I think it was just installed for this debate. It was announced by the you know, debate committee, the organization that oversees these presidential debates that in order to, uh, I guess, make sure that each running candidate was given appropriate and equal time uh, when answering questions and addressing points that they would, uh, they would mute the other candidate if necessary. Now, these weren't terms agreed to, Originally, you know, both candidates, their parties go through all the negotiations. What kind of podium are we going to do? What's the location of debate number one? And then obviously some changes happen with number two and then number three. And then, you know, there was nothing in the terms and conditions that involved any sort of mute button. Um, So they, I guess, sent out new TOCs and both parties agreed to them. I don't know if they were used or not. I have a funny feeling they probably were. Uh, but yeah, they were officially, they had the ability to mute either candidate at will. The moderator. Well, right. I think the moderator. I could be wrong. I guess that part doesn't matter. 
That's pretty impressive uh, that they made that quick change. And uh, I remember watching the first debate and, and it was just it, w- it was brutal watching it. And I think um, maybe this is a, a great way for for us to actually enjoy this. I might actually go watch it now. And before I had no desire, but um, it, it is uh, I mean, this, this giant Eagles game uh, being a 7-10 right now is just not looking uh, anywhere exciting. So probably I'm just going to go to bed and uh, crack open some uh, some Jameson and, and watch this debate. And just for the record, for all the listeners, Giant Eagle is not a sponsor of the Frosty <laughs> and Perenny podcast. That was just a football game, but I'm sure you heard it. You may have thought the same thing as I did. That the Giant Eagles, like, kind of, kind of grocery store is is playing a game right now. Uh, you know, they do have fabulous that, prices on your on your local meats. There, there you go. There you go. Not too shabby. Um, Vince, before I do our quick closing passage here, could you just, you know, to try to you know, step away from this political gab that we got going on and give the fans what they're looking for? A quick Derek Frost impression before we end the podcast. Well, Dave, I can't really do that right now because I'm so amped up about this week. And and really, this is just one of the best moments I've ever had in in, in radio history. Now, you have to admit, uh, my cigar lounge is pretty amazing. And uh, and, uh, and actually, I've, I've smoked about four cigars while we've been doing this podcast. Uh, and you're going to be jealous of it. You'll see it on the discord. Don't worry. But uh, um, I, I, I will say that uh, you're all lovely fans and you got to continue to follow us uh everywhere you can go just constantly stream us every country you go to make sure you stream about 400 times like us share us and uh we love you guys that's so good it's so surprisingly good i hope it comes across as good as it does in the skype call all right everyone well thank you so much for listening to the frosty and perenny podcast uh in this case it was the passion and provolone podcast uh the intern takeover we are presented by steel valley media you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and as always, Podbean. I am the first underpaid intern, and thanks to our second underpaid intern, Vince Gorgonzola. Special thanks to Derek and Tony, of course, our fearless leaders, for giving us this opportunity to shine. And just remember, wherever you go, there you are. Uh, take it away, Vince. Before we cut to that theme song, this is Derek, and while editing, I uh, came across this gem before the interns started. They thought they would do impressions of Tony and I, so you get to listen to this, too, before we cut it to Vince for that wonderful theme song. Thanks for listening to the Intern Takeover episode, and thank you to Dave and Vince for recording this week and giving Tony and I a week off. We'll catch you next week. <clears throat> yep, I, yeah, oh, I was yeah. I was recording before just in case, but yeah, all right. <clears throat> Here's the intro. No, uh, no pressure here. <clears throat> yeah. Derek, we're gonna leave all these little extra tidbits for you to listen to when you're editing. Just some little extra Easter eggs. I'm gonna do my uh, I don't know, my uh, Wolf of Wall Street uh, mm, my my little uh, chant, you know. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat>
Yeah. You do your Derek impression. I'll do my Tony impression. <laughs> or, or, or guys. So, uh, I'm, I'm just. It's just like a low voice. That's all I really got. That might be the best Tony impression I've ever heard. Holy smokes, that was really good. Is that a good Derek? Yeah, that was. That was very impressive. I, Derek, are you there? <laughs> it's, Derek, it's, was that you? <laughs> I can do the laugh. The laugh is the part that's going to be tough. <laughs> That's 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 the signature, you know. The belly laugh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Here we go. Sh- take one. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Frosty and Perenny Podcast. <laughs> 